Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of The Best Guest. Today, we are joined by Ellen Sentia. I first came across Ellen while I was reading a copy of my friend Ginny Reddy's book, Wonderland. Ginny dedicated an entire chapter to Ellen, who is a best-selling author of British native shamanism and describes herself as a quirky wilderness woman who is deeply connected with nature. She comes from a long family lineage of cunning folk and was brought up as an Alwenith, which means spirit keeper, in the old magical traditions of Britain. Welcome to the podcast, Ellen. How are you today? Well, very good to meet you again, Victoria, <laughs> and I'm quite good today. And the sun's even yes. shining. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's Makes nice. It, look, nice. it does. It's always, everything's always better when the sun's shining, I think. It does feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Now, Ellen, you were brought up in the old witch ways of Britain. That sounds like a really interesting upbringing to start with, but I wondered if you could explain what the old old witch ways are. I can have a go. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Just a sort of quick overview in that sense, because, you know, obviously it goes quite deep. Mm. But... We've had our own traditions in Britain for thousands and thousands of years, um, long, long before we got um, into the more modern religions and things. And they never really died. I think in most places, unless they've been really suppressed, then people do continue with their old traditions if they wish to. So... We've been going for thousands of years, but we're very, very good at learning to keep our heads down. Mm -hmm. um, as everybody knows, there's been lots of persecution of witches and healers and people like that. Absolutely. So, you know, if you know that's going to happen, you are going to not look like, you know, not look different. Stay yes. looking like other people. Okay. And acting that way. But... The old ways are about connecting with nature. Well, they're about being connected with nature and thinking of ourselves as part of the world, part of the natural world. And the natural world is not an enemy, it's a friend. And you get so that you can speak with trees and listen to trees and sit under trees and loads and loads of tree right. hugging, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that connects you properly with your real self. I was brought up in it because my parents were in it. Uh, several other people in the village were in it, like about half the village. This was back in the 1960s and 50s. And they had been for generations back and back and back. So it was just normal. But they all fitted perfectly well into ordinary everyday life. I mean, there was the butcher, the baker. My dad was an engineer. Um, my mum was a gardener, amongst other things, and farmers and uncle gardeners and all this sort of thing. So they weren't like odd people, but they just thought and felt and acted 
sometimes slightly differently to other people. Does that make some sense? It does, it does. We don't actually have to go around sort of dressed in feathers and antlers and things like that. Although you can if you want to. (laughs) I mean, dressing up's fun. (laughs) Yeah, dressing up is fun. So you help women to become wild in business. I phrased that correctly. (laughs) Um, That will do. Um, Probably making a lot of eyebrows shoot up. (laughs) Why, yes, become wild. (laughs) Wild women in business. (laughs) Now that sounds fun. (laughs) Um, Well, it is. And Actually, I know a lot of women who are wild. They don't look particularly wild. They don't go rushing around with no clothes on or anything silly like that. But they are themselves. Right. They are utterly themselves. And um, a lot of them are running their own businesses Mm -hmm. or CEOs or something or in charge of this, that or the other in the business. Um, They're often married. Mm -hmm. And um, they probably have most women's attitude to men at times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really? Yeah, they're quite nice at times, but not now, dear. (laughs) (laughs) But they're quite happy to say that. Okay. And to be that and to actually say things like, well, yeah, but I can't buy into that. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one. I mean... If we all thought about that for a moment, there are times when people really push you. Yes. You, re- you really need to sort of like, excuse me, and uh, sorry, I can't do that. Mm. That's not the easiest thing to say no, I think. It isn't. It isn't. I don't think modern life encourages it. No. Um, and I've got my own sort of semi-political reasons as to why not. If if you're Ooh. somebody who's going to say no. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to get you doing things their way, they're going to have a problem with you. And there is a lot of organization, advertising, business, government even, that wants you to behave in a particular way. And if you don't feel like it, you're a problem. And being wild means you might not feel like it. You probably don't feel like it anyway inside. Lots of women don't. But they, yes, dear, okay, dear, yeah, whatever, right. And it doesn't help, actually. There are times when you've got to sort of say, yeah, okay. But the less you can do that, the more you can say, sorry, I don't want to go to that party. I don't want to go on that holiday. I don't want to do this, that. I I don't want to work with my staff that way. And that's really important too, because usually I think it's a cultural thing more as much as a genetic thing. Usually women are more empathetic. Yes. They get feelings and they work with feelings and they will listen to them. Modern men, I don't think this is always the case, and there are certainly some who don't, but often modern men sort of like, oh, feelings is airy-fairy, wafty, we've got to get down to and do the plan, follow the project. And maybe the project's wrong. I mean, I don't know, you've probably been there. (laughs) I was thinking about it as you were talking. And I think the times when, you know, you you press it down and you you go ahead and you you go along with something that you don't feel right. It actually builds up inside you, I think. It does. Um, and you, and it causes all these other feelings when because you're going along with something that you don't feel is right. And it, for me, I tend to 
it comes out eventually. It does. <laughs> it does. And not only is it just a suppress feeling thing, when you suppress feelings like this, I did a lot of work on biofeedback in the 1970s and 80s. Um, fascinating stuff. There ought to be more of it. But if you suppress feelings, then you completely wreck your hormonal balance. Do you? Do. And um, that can go even into things like the pituitary gland, which is, you know, general driver, and the thyroid, and not just the adrenaline and things like that. It's not just the flight and fight. That will suppress your stomach. Wow. And so your digestion, I mean, how many people in stress have problems with digestion? That will be about suppressed feelings. And you've done something, I don't want to do that, you know, and your teeth mm -hmm. are nicely gritted there. But you think, yes. then you suddenly go, smile, pin the smile on, yes, dear, um, or uh, yes, John, of course, whatever you say, John, you know, or whatever. And inside, it's like royal, 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 you know, you're really going. And you're going to wreck your body. Mm. and that's a big even more reason to say no isn't it, it is and saying no gets easier when you actually start feeling your wild self your real self okay can you remember back to being a child and galloping about and getting wet yes. and dirty <laughs> and mum saying oh no you know as you come in mm -hmm. but it was such fun Yes. When was the last time you rolled in the mud? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, years ago, years ago. Uh, we haven't quite got into mud wrestling on the retreats that I run yet, but we do sit in the grass, lie there, drink the rain, open your mouth and feel the rain, um, make birch leaf tea while we're out for a walk, do some gentle foraging um, where I keep an eye on people not actually trying to eat something poisonous oh that's good <laughs> <laughs> tempting as though it can be at times with certain people i can think of some i wouldn't mind but um it's not a good idea <laughs> no <laughs> but just actually doing that is really it really opens you up mm -hmm. and you suddenly get hey that was fun and all the other women that we were on you know, that you're with, and there can be up yeah. to eight or nine of us, then they all go, yes, do it. <laughs> and it's wonderful when somebody does that with you. It's yeah. so good being affirmed and nobody's criticizing you. Nobody's looking down their nose at you. And you can say crazy things um, that people wouldn't say and in ordinary life. You can actually express the feelings and fears and even your prejudices. Because if you actually put them out there, then they sort of stop being mountains inside and come down to molehills again. And you go, well, actually, I only feel that when so-and-so does so-and-so. And it shrinks. And you stop hating all men or hating all people who play music in their cars or something like that. <laughs> And you just think, I just don't want that now. So I do that on retreats, um, which are lovely. They're just Friday through to okay. Sunday. Mm -hmm. But I also do it in ordinary coaching as well. And 
it works it's wonderful watching somebody going oh oh that's actually okay feeling like that it's helping people kind of reconnect with nature yes what kind of people do you help quite often it's women who are running their own businesses or mm -hmm. high ceos in business one of my recent or one of my current clients she's just moving from being a senior executive in jaguar land rover to a smaller firm where she is actually getting some promotion and more authority in it she calls herself a people pleaser which oh she she does now before then she just thought she was being nice which is a, a horrible thing but there you go um and she's moved out of that and she's actually she's had a couple of bad bosses in jaguar as you do anywhere and she's able to sort of stand there and go um actually no we're not going to do that it will waste money and so and so and so, and so. oh you know the reasons and the blokes she said the last time she did it the bloke actually blinked <laughs> part of it was sort of like oh my goodness you know this isn't the woman i used to know another woman runs her own business um she's a counselor and coach as well um another woman runs her own massage business and fitness business she's very good too who else does it another woman um runs a campsite which is a an adult and one very much connected with nature they own a big quite big area of land and they rescue horses and they so they also people can they come and camp and they also like get to know the horses and learn to know you know learn how to be with a horse another woman um up in Scotland she's got quite a little menagerie uh, runs her own business helping people connect to animals and not be frightened of a sheep for instance i've also got a teacher um in secondary school who poor woman was so stuffed and that was the regime around her not the kids and she said and it, she was also totally depressed because of watching the kids suffering and not being able to do what they wanted to do so you work with quite a wide variety of clients. Do you see similar themes coming up? The worst one, really, well, not the worst one, it's the strongest one, the most often one, is this being nice, this people-pleasing and not standing up and being yourself. Mm, I think that's so ingrained in us. I don't know if it's particularly women, as you said, but it's like mm, don't cause a fuss yeah. isn't toe it? the line come on toe the line you know um and i've even had i used to um amongst my massive careers i used to make and create relational databases for the ministry of defense so i got to meet some pretty high up blokes and nearly always blokes and answering parliamentary questions on stuff and things like that and even there and you get somebody who is really high up in the civil service and even government ministers and they would sort of shrink inside when you said but if you say that so and so but somebody above them had said say it and they could see the answer you know, get to see where the problems were going they didn't know how to dare to make that plain to the people above them
I really found that tragic and I was very glad to get out in the end because it just got worse and worse and worse. How do you go about helping people then if you're seeing this come up? What can you do if you're always agreeing and not being true to yourself? Actually, it's going to sound a bit weird, but you have to do a lot of crying. You actually have to be vulnerable and say, I realise that I'm doing this because I don't feel safe. And we're mostly people please because we don't feel safe. And we want attention. And we'd like the right sort of attention. So, you know, if I do this, then he'll he'll be okay and he'll smile at me and he'll say, well done, Ellen, and whatever. It's amazing what that does to people. So you have to spend a lot of time finding those roots. I mean, I call the sort of coaching I do three-dimensional because most coaching is about the everyday world and about what's going on in the everyday world. And that's sort of a, a sort of horizontal thing. Some of it does go down to roots a bit, but I'm also a psychotherapist trained and all that. So I'm quite, I'm quite happy with delving for roots. And that's really important, but you can't just delve for the roots. Think about a tree. There's a tree with roots going down into the ground. Very important, tree won't stand up without them. It goes on up into the air and then it spreads branches which have flowers and then fruit on them and it, they drink the air. And those branches are like our aspirations. We know they're up there, but we've got to spend so much time in the trunk that, you know, that's a dream thing. I can, you know, think about this sitting by the pond of a quiet evening with a cup of tea or something. But, well, that's a pipe dream, love. I can't actually do it. Yes, you can. So we find the roots. And often they're what we call other people's scripts. You say, well, I always do that. And well, how come? You know, where did you, where did you first learn about doing that? And I say, oh, well, teacher told me, mummy told me. And you go, well, does it actually fit with you now? And you go, oh, no. Well, you don't have to keep playing their script. What mm -hmm. would you like to do? And then we're reaching up into the trees again. And how would okay. you like to behave in that situation? And sometimes when we start, it goes right over the top. And um, okay, so we have to do that. We have to do the over the top stuff. Like, I just want to kill everybody. <laughs> um, and, but again, I'm a place where they can say that. And I'm not going to take them badly. So they do that, and then we actually come to something that can work. And on the horizontal side, for me, I did a lot of Jung in my psychotherapy trainings, Carl Jung, and he has the body, which is the instincts, the feelings, we know about those, the thinking, all the head stuff, and the intuitive body. Now, nowadays, everybody's encouraged to work with their heads. What do you think about this? Everybody says, what do you think about this? How many people say, how, how do you feel about that? Much yeah, less. less. And <laughs> what do your guts say about that? Pardon? And your intuition? Uh, I can't spell that. <laughs> <laughs> so we spend our lives living with 
just one part of the four tools we've got. Guts are really useful. You walk into a room, and I'm sure you've done it, Victoria, and you go, oh, my God, what am I here for? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. I hope it's okay now. Um, <laughs> but we all do it. And then you sort, then your head gets in again and goes, oh, come on, don't be silly. It's all right. No. And then you can find out, say, even three, four weeks, years later, you go, oh, God, it was right. Yes. Yeah, that is, that's so true. We override it, don't we, with common sense. We're like, God, don't be daft, don't be silly. And we do the same thing with feelings. You go in and, you you know, you meet somebody and you think, oh, it doesn't feel right. don't like this person. Or they upset you. And so you're there trying to be nice in spite of the fact that, you know, they're coming on too hard or doing whatever they're doing. And your head is there saying, no, no, be nice, be nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> kind of absolutely oh no you don't say things like that (laughs) yes um might be a good job if if more of us did say things like that now and again oi stop that now you know and then there's the intuition well that's that's just bloody superstition dear you know but you think back over your life everybody think back over your life how many times have you known that and then later found it was true so I help people work with those three as well as the head. We don't scrap the head. I mean, you're not going to drive a car. You're not going to do your finances. <laughs> you're not going to make a plan without your head. But don't let it get on top of everybody. And so there are lots of ways and exercises. And they're all different for each person. I've, I've got a blooming great toolbox or cupboard behind me full of all these tools, you know. Um, <laughs> and that works for this person, this works for that person. So there's no box. But again, because I work with all these feelings and with my roots and with my own aspirations, I can sense into the people around me, the people, my client in front of me, the people on retreats. Ah, right. This is like what you call read the room. And read the room is all about guts and feelings and intuition very little about your head and so it's like teach everybody to read the room what kind of transformations have you seen um i was working with this american woman who lives and still lives over in tacoma on the west coast of north america and she's an ecologist she was herself she's actually part uh, native american um from one of the tribes up there so that was fairly strong in her anyway. But she was still like kowtowing, bowing down to other people's opinions, even when she knew it was wrong. And she and uh, her partner, who was both her work partner and her uh, life partner, they worked particularly on the on studying the Pacific salmon who come up there. A big job. And she grew she got to be able to stand up for herself to say no to say no we're not going to do it this way we're going to do it that way which is really important and she ended up getting one of the top ecological prizes in america oh that's fantastic it was she it, i just lay there being stunned going wow wow because it was so gorgeous so you know i have seen some big stuff on another level, a couple of people, they'd been born into the wrong body 
and they needed to change their gender orientation and their physical gender as well for both of those. And that was big. And I saw them do it. And uh, one of them, for instance, she, she works for Logica, top executive. And she carried it off through the company, the change, still working. Uh, can you imagine what that was like? You know, last week they'd seen her as a bloke and on Monday morning they see her as a girl. Wow. Okay. And it, we were sort of right behind us, like, you can phone me any time. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Go for it, you know. And she's really doing well. It's lovely. And the other good thing about her, she was married. And so she was worried. And I also ended up counselling the pair of them. She was worried about her partnership and they've made it work. They live together still. They're really good friends, do things together. And it's, they're, they're a lovely couple. Wow, you have seen some amazing things. I've been very lucky, very fortunate to work with people like that. It's a, it's a real privilege. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that knowledge. Um, where can listeners go to connect with you, Ellen? Best places to go onto my website, uh, which is www.ellensentier.com. So not too hard to find. There's about my coaching. There's the various things that I do, packages, that kind of thing. There's the retreats are on there. I do recommend those because it's just such fun. Anyway, I want you all to come because I want the fun as well. <laughs> I also do public speaking. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit about that. On a more social level, you can corner me on Facebook, Ellen Sentier, Wise Woman. And that's funny spelling because of where I used to live. W-Y-E-S, which is the River Y. Ah. And I used to live on it, so we're well, not quite on it, but next to it, so that was that. And if you want me, I can, I'm also on LinkedIn. Fantastic. I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Thanks, Victoria. That'd be great. Oh, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's really been fantastic. It's been a privilege, Victoria. I really enjoyed it. Visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.